Yavel bang. I, uh, I'm only getting fucking guff about these claps lately. What happened? It was it was a hoodie clap. Like, he didn't even touch his hand. Is that a racial thing? Hoodie clap? Oh, Trayvon. Oh, Trayvon. Trayvon. Oh, too soon. Too soon. Too soon. That's so fucked up. <laughs> I didn't say it. You did. It's Night Court. Zimmerman's on trial. He's, he's He will stand trial. Oh, my gosh. Ashley, how was your night? Did you have a good night? Court? Yeah. yeah, court is now in session. Uh, Court's in session, and I'm bringing Zimmerman back on trial. <laughs> <laughs> trial by the people. Court is now in session. Please rise for the Honorable Hans Carl Freiwald. And please be seated for the also Honorable Casey Van Heel and Ash Van Gehring. Yeah, right. Thank you. Court is now in sesh. It really Good. is. And our, uh, uh, um, oh, I don't even know where to begin. You see, I'm, I'm flustered here. <laughs> He's all flustered. I would say, I was going to bring it up, just to keep us in the night courty, courty world, there's a great documentary on Netflix called The 7-5. Oh, man, it's a horrifying, but amazing. Okay. It's about the uh, 75th precinct in uh, Brooklyn. Ooh, spicy. Those dogs know. The dogs watched it. One second. I love your dogs are barking and our cat's eating garbage. Oh, you mouse will poo. <laughs> the 7-5. Okay. Uh, so it's about the 75th precinct in the 80s. It's the uh, easternmost precinct in Brooklyn. So it's like so Brooklyn, they just call it East New York. Yes. Like where Mike Tyson grew up. Yeah, Brownsville, that kind of area. Yeah. Uh, so it's just about that neighborhood and the precinct there and how this one cop sort of ran this crazy corruption scheme and just made money hand over fist working with drug dealers, fucking over drug dealers. Was this in the eighties? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. In the mid eighties. So it's like prime time. The mustaches are on point. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. The mullets aren't full mullet, like it's a little baby mullet. All of the stills they use look like the opening credits in Law and Order. Yeah. Mm. Oh, it's so good. So it's like primo night court time, the corruption. And this part of the city, they show pictures. It's crazy. And it looks like fucking Sarajevo. Okay, yeah. Belgrade, like shit's just blown up. And it's just that point... When they just let these old buildings just rot and people just squatted in them. And it was just the perfect. And they have all of the cops that were part of it in there. So they're talking. It's like firsthand. Like the dirty cops. And that dirty cop is the most charming dude in the fucking world. That like, man I was talk his way out of it I was just like, about anything. I see how it survived so long because I was like, this guy could get me to do anything. Mm-hmm. He's like, would you swing by this deli, get a couple Heinekens? They're just like drinking on the job. Like, Oh, yeah. He's the worst person in the world. And by the end, you're kind of rooting for him. Like, you know, he gets arrested. And then you're just kind of like, oh, man. You just really don't want it to happen. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if it was him that had the quote. And someone had the quote. They're like, 
don't go to Beverly Hills for the money. Where you find the money, he's like, you find the real money. In the ghetto. In the ghetto. Sure. Because of the drugs. Like, they were just robbing drug dealers, reselling drugs. So, yeah, I was just like, if you want to get a taste of the times, the 7-5, Netflix. I love and I, or no, I should, uh, an easier way to say, I was going to say I love and hate, but I'm fascinated by all the um, police corruption stories, especially in New York in the time of the 80s. Like those two scumbag cops that worked for the mob that finally, it was only like a few years ago, they did this all throughout the 80s, is that they were in the mob's pocket, I forget which family, the Coraluzo family, whatever. Uh, They uh, know that family. Spicy. But like something was always fishy about these cops, and then all of a sudden, all these uh, strings come unraveled, and these guys were doing hits for the mob. So like these guys were showing up. This was like Valentine's Day massacre shit where they'd show up to like, you know, this place where they're having like an illegal card game and like rub these guys out is really um, I'll I'll put it up somewhere like everybody's probably shouting at me who it is like Scarpelli and Scarpello and Donna (laughs) Donna Gigi. It's not that far off. (laughs) Donna Gigi. Oh, that reminds me the nicknames in the seven five were like on point. Because one of the cops, like, left the force because he was – they started getting in on his corruption. But he still worked with the crew of cops. And his nickname was, like, Cheeky. Oh, yeah. No, it's Chicky. 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 Ah, Chicky, yeah. That was, like, the uh, first baseman for the Black Sox. Chicky. Chick Gandolfini. Or Chick Gandal. They're the New Yorkers. Like, they talk like this. And every other word is a cuss word. And they're like, and then I was going here. And I crossed the corner. And then there was a lot of coke, and I was like, hey, why don't I just do a deal? Give me some of that coke. It's like uh, training day all over again. The totally. Original. The original. New York cops, man. It's like, uh, you think uh, you think the old, so you and I, Casey, well, we're all from the middle of the country. Casey, you and I are from the Midwest. Ash, you're from the Mid-East. Um, uh, <laughs> do you think... Uh, you think uh, any of the old Watertown, South Dakota cops could cut it in uh, East New York? Not a chance in hell. They're pretty corrupt. Getting I mean, those corrupt. getting those high school kids for their smokes. Getting uh, those they tickets. They really do not like people of color. Ah, uh, yeah. That probably means they do great. I guess, maybe. There, oh, so wait. There was no... Um, uh, there's no racial um, like profiling, like anything racially flawed with this... Uh, no, I mean, honestly, it really wasn't like I don't know why that makes me so happy, but it does. Even if though there these was, were these it, it certainly cops. wasn't covered. Yeah. The only the only color that was talked about was, was green, green, baby. The only color that matters. Would you guys work on that? Did you know I was going to ask that? So you better. <laughs> no, she answer. started and I was like, I know where she's going with that. We're, we're back in our gold LeMay outfits. We're matching again. <laughs> That's right. Jazz hands. <laughs> no, he wasn't like a, a horrible racist. Like he's like a Robin Hood. Like you love him. You're like keep stealing from drug dealers. Oh right, right, right. Sell, sell your coke in Long Island. I mean, he wasn't giving to the poor. He was just robbing. True. It's not really Robin Hood. Well, his family was poor until he stole all that money. His wife was named Marion, though. Yeah, true. No, wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> But there was that one scene with him in the waterfall, and you got to see his bare butt cheeks. That's true. Ooh, bare cop butt cheeks or reenactor? 
Barricade, yeah, was in a, 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 a fucking fire hydrant was busted open. Chicky resembled a little John. Chicky, yeah. Ooh, I was always I was always jealous of the jealous of the New York kids with the uh, old fire hydrant open playing in a dirty gutter. <laughs> <laughs> I always hated my green yard and my garden hoses. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like taking a nice drink out of a hot garden hose. I do remember, like, very early summer, like, or just, like, springtime as a kid, I was just like, I want it to be summer so bad. Like, I filled our lawn clipping garbage can full of water, because I was like, it's like a pool, right? Oh, no. That's how kid, kids die doing that shit. Oh, yeah. Disgusting. Just a cesspool. Speaking of cesspools, should we dive in? Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, please. Welcome back, Mama. Welcome back, Mama. Welcome back, Mama. It's episode case number four, episode four of Night Court. Welcome back, Mama. This baby's directed by Jeff Melman, written by our favorite. Oh, you can tell too. Reiny Weegy, Reinhold Weegy, Rye Wee, like J Lo, Rye Wee. This is our. We're into February, and love is yep. a brewing and. Paging Dr. Freud. Paging oh, Dr. Yeah. Fucking Freud. I have a bone bonerectomy. Oh boy. I need taken care of. Last week it was daddy issues. This, this week, week, mama issues. All last week I was like I said, last week uh I felt a little bit uh felt like we were a little um alt liberal. A little too too high on our horse, but I have a feeling that horse is about to rise, rise, rise with this episode. Oh, yeah. There's always another horse. A war, <laughs> a war horse we're about to get on. <laughs> um, uh, real quick, I'm going to hit you with uh, our classic. You know, last week, I, and you'll soon learn to, uh, for you listeners out there, that uh, I don't keep my promises. I'm, I, I did not find a better source for, nor did I take the time to write a description, but we'll get into it. Here it is. Welcome back, Mama. A woman who claims to be Harry's long-lost mother and a beauty pageant operator appear before the court. It is true. Concise. Those things both happen. Yeah. It's tight. In very rapid fashion. I mean, there's a lot going on in this episode. Oh, yes. I mean, there were some twists and turns that I did not see a coming. Twist. I think my first note is, we're coming in bull. We are finally coming in bull. And bull really... um. For me, I believe uh, we get a first taste of the actor Richard Mull uh, of a little bit of um, emoting happening here. You can feel oh, a little yeah, vibration definitely. happening They're in his vocal him, cords. Cutting him loose. I think he's gaining some confidence. I think that's what it is. I, I think he's he's really, you know, kind of sitting into the character when you watch any sitcom and, you know, that went on for multiple seasons and you start at the first episode, you're like, oh, that's crazy. They right. were, you know, they were so underdeveloped. And then, yeah. you know, you know them as this, you know, larger than life character. And I think this was the first time that I saw the bold that I remembered from a little as a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. Like kind of a goofball. Eccentric. Sweetheart. We get the full ex- but also eccentricities of. Yeah. Bold. Yeah. Like lovable idiot. Yeah. But not an idiot. I guess you just can't. Yeah, I don't know. No, I yeah, maybe idiot's harsh. I, I don't want to come out that way. Uh, I mean, um, uh, not idiot's not. He's like uh, he's always uh, lovable failure. Yes, 
Yeah. So we'll with that. initial joke case, you want to hit it with the first uh, the first bald bull here? Uh, yeah, he starts off with and I was like, ooh, is this going to be it is topical. I wrote down. What is this? Murphy Brown? Because he goes, <laughs> I don't even forget. Does he just come out and he just goes, Lebanon, Grenada. Ooh, and they're like, oh, Bull's been watching the news. Well, Harry can sense <laughs> it. He goes, he goes, yeah. hey, Bull, why so glum? Lebanon, Grenada. It was like first it was Grenada, then it was Lebanon. Yeah. And- yeah. That's why it's topical, I guess. We're supposed to believe that Bull is like really affected the by night, the, night, the nightly news. The news, well, yeah. Well, he is. Yeah, it'd be like the papers. Ain't no CNN back then. No, it's true. And he goes, every one of my girlfriends ships out. <laughs> so he's not hung up on the top. He's just all his like, and Ashley and I were talking about it this morning while we were eating. Um, just like the joke, I guess, still works. But in the 80s had to just, it must have landed way harder. Because like females in the military yes. now seem very pedestrian and commonplace. But I feel like in 84, like they're literally making the joke like, oh, Bull likes men. Yeah, they're basically making that like it's like that. I I thought the same. I had the same notes, you guys. It was like, oh, that's because when everybody envisions like a female in the army in 1984, they just see Brigitte Nielsen. You know? No, exactly. That's what I said. I told Casey, I was just like, when people were watching it, then they envisioned a woman that looked like you. Yeah. Like just large, wide just, build. Just a, yeah. The mm-hmm. beard and everything. Yeah, just a very masculine woman. Yeah, so it, it doesn't hit as well now because we're like, oh, yeah, okay, women cool. are in the military. Like, women are bummer, in the military. man. Like, shipping out, huh? Yep, Bull likes the tough ladies. Well, at least that answers our question from last episode as to whether they might be. And I, yeah, you know what? He doesn't say men or women, does he? No, he does no, say he every time I get close to a girlfriend. But well, we know he's not asexual. Or if he was the first like super mainstream homosexual guy to counteract that other show that we talked about in like two episodes ago, when you had mentioned the other shows Night Court was up against, and it was just Tony Randall would have jumped off his own show and gouged Bull's <laughs> eyes out. You know, guys, maybe maybe Bull just doesn't take a stance either way. You know, maybe he's like Sweden. Oh. oh, he'll roll over for anybody, that bull. Maybe bull leans to the left like that big old cock he drew on that bull. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he could have drawn horns. All right, we'll get to it. We'll get to yeah. it. I thought that's what he was going to do. I wish, like, this is us now doing it, like, that super abstract joke. Like, I wanted to see the picture of the bull, but him having drawn the horns on it, but the horns... Just had little mushroom tip dickheads, so you yeah. two dicks on. <laughs> okay, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Ahead. Let's start. Uh, so then we get into our first case, our first storyline, which is the courtroom story, and it's the low budget beauty pageant. Nothing like a low budget '80s beauty pageant. All colors of the rainbow in one piece swimsuits. They come roiling in, and then uh, our defendant, uh, defendant. Yeah, the defendant would be the uh, the the sleazy. No, uh, the defendants are the ladies. He's the plaintiff because they beat him up. Oh right, they twisted his lips. I have that written down. I've never heard that phraseology in, the in my and life. Twisted his lips. They twisted my lips off. What does that mean? 
I mean, if you start with kicked in the dick, you can't get worse than that. And he's like, but then they, they twisted my lip. It's like, eh, stop complaining. Uh, yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't like his tuxedo. That's apparently a running oh, yeah, theme. Yeah, the crushed red velvet, like my cousin Vinny. I literally, I literally put, I made the note, another killer suit on, yeah, on my court. Yeah, that was great 70s, gross, crushed velvet burgundy suit. There's a lot of, um, There, this is a very, very, I know we're talking 80s New York. I know we're talking night court. This is a very, very sleazy episode. Yeah. It is. Slime, I believe, we'll get to. It's yeah. thrown around a lot. Scum. It is. Scum, Scum is yeah. even used. Uh, so anyway, so we're in our, we're in our, we're in storyline A. And we find out the, the prosecutor, the person who's, He's brought a case to the court against the beauty pageant ladies because he's ran a very low budget beauty pageant, got all of these women from across the globe to fly to New York City and participate in it. And then we hear like he can't, I guess, do they even address like they're mad because there's no prize or they're mad because it's low budget? No, there's there no was prize supposed money. to be. He didn't have the money. Oh, that's right. Can you imagine how much it costs to sh- have all these women flown in? Right. In 1984? From Japan and Sweden and Chad? One of them was Chad, because I saw the sash and I was like, what a great sitcom-y place to reference. It's Chad! She flew in from Chad. Somebody was from Chad and I didn't notice that? Yeah, her sash. I didn't notice it either. They didn't address it. No one said it. I just saw her sash said Chad. Interesting. They're really really diverse there. Um, So yeah, they bring up the... uh, the case and he can't pay pay the prize money to all the this bevy of beauties. Yeah. Uh one of my other notes was they're doing the laundry list of things that these women found have uh, against his beauty pageant and I don't know if he said it but it was like they had a problem with Vito the dresser. Yes, and they didn't address that. I think it's just to leave you hanging a guy named Vito in like in the dressing room just like with a raging heart on, like sniffing panties, I imagine. Is yeah, the- let's be honest. This is like a real, like this has like potential um, sex slave, like prostitution oh, yeah. ring written all over it. These it women have stop. been duped. They have been duped to leave their country of origin to come to the U.S. and have no way out. Yes. Because that's where the rest of the story line is, is none of these women speak any English. Yep. They need translators. Which is kind of offensive as well. Like, Yeah, they're really... I was. I these, wrote that these down. These dingy broads don't know how to speak English, but they came to the U.S. of A. They're less portrayed as uh, foreigners uh, uh, as they're more like aliens. Like, they're yes, very... No, yeah. They're from fucking Pluto. Yeah, they're, they, they're out of their element, and good old... There's a few people that want to take advantage of it. Oh, yeah. One of them rhymes with dealding. So we get to see full on, full on and full on hard on Dan Fielding turns on the scuzzball charm. I think, yeah, it's official this episode. It is his entire arc. No pipe. No, like, no, 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 he doesn't put on airs. I don't even think he has a vest on this episode. He's still got his suit. He still need his pin. But, no, he's got a vest underneath. All right, all right. Uh, yeah, I mean, right off the bat, uh, you know, Harry makes a, a sleazy 
uh, comment, but for the most part, Harry's pretty decent with the ladies this episode. No, he does the, uh, so we have this bevy of beauties and none of them, for the most, none of, they're all from foreign exotic lands and none of them can speak English except for, what's Barbie is her name? Buffy. Buff. Miss Congeniality. Buffy, Buffy from the good old US of A. Yeah. So she takes the forefront for the group and airs her grievances and that's the one interaction Harry has with the beauties and Ashley and I both said like he didn't he wasn't like a sleaze about these hot women. The only thing is right when they came in he said sometimes I love my job. Yeah, that's true. Which is But that could know. be construed for the madness of the situation. Yeah, that's true. It's that's not. true. It's not. I mean, it is a it it will slowly delve into uh, a mad world of debauch, potential debauch. Yeah. Uh down on Houston and 3rd. Whoever's writing oh, for Dan Fielding goodness. loves New York address. Loves the specifics of addresses. I would I I want to call back to I guess we're not quite at that point, but do we have anything else from the original introduction of the beauties? I mean, I just say Harry's not a sleaze. You know, going back to the the bimbo '80s blonde trope. Yeah, I mean, we're we're hitting that hard with Buffy. She even has her eyelids open oh, so right. intentionally, so she looks like a doll. Yeah, mm. she's very doll looking. Oh, she did. Yeah, she had the crazy eyes things going on, like. Hi, I'm Buffy. And we got the joke, like, she's always on. Like, Harry calls her up and she acts like she won the beauty pageant. Another yes. great joke. Bat- baton twirler. Another great joke um, by Fielding, which got a, a good laugh, is the miscongeniality started it off. Oh, yeah. Punched her and got him in the gut. Hit him right in the fagools. Ugh. Are you on my side here? Because Dan Fielding is like uh, this beauty pad, this bevy of beauties is like they skateboarded in on a T-bone steak for the lion that is Dan Fielding. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're starting to truly meet the real Dan Fielding, and we know what he's about. He's sexually inappropriate, but he's also exhibiting, mm, I, I I guess it's, it's by proxy, but like I was going to say xenophobia, but like he really treats these women or his character is written like he's the lothario yeah but yeah no i get he's like do you understand me this is where dan live can Come you to say dan, dan? yeah can you say dan can you i can say dan i'll say stop it dan stop it uh so then we get to the second case uh, of the courtroom, and it's for malicious mischief. Oh, yes. Sweet old lady uh, throws a brick through a window of a store. No rhyme or reason. No rhyme or reason. And then... Dis- Very nicely dressed lady. Yeah. Like a mom. Nice mom. Not a bag lady. Like not a, a night weirdo Don't as the rest of them. Uh, but yeah, does she just full on it tell Judge Harry that he's her mother? Uh, it gets into it a little bit. Um, so, oh man, what? How does it get to it? She, oh yeah, she says, uh, Otto, you look a lot like your uncle Otto. I just yes. didn't know your hair would get so much. She's alluding to things. Yeah, your and hair then, lightened up. It used to be like Uncle Otto's, and then Dan has that killer joke because it goes better with the robes. Oh, I get. It's like a pube joke. 
I guess. Do the the pubes match the sheets? I, I guess that's that's a little bit of a stretch. But Dan Feeling's was- <laughs> got my mind so much in the gutter, I, it's hard to dig out. It was goes nicely with the robe. I think he was just like I don't. I, I don't think it was a yeah a perverse he was just joke. Saying, like I think he was just kind of stepping in, yeah. and kind of giving that little zinger of like this woman's bad shit. He's throwing it into the pot that she's crazy, right? So us as as the audience aren't sure whether to just accept her as a crazy person, right? Or, We're a little bit confused, yeah. And he adds to that confusion by just being like she's insane. Well, and Harry says, you have the advantage. I, I You yeah, clearly know I who I am. Don't I don't you. know who you are. And she said, that's understandable because you were only five the last time we met. Ooh. Now now the heartstrings are getting tugged. You're just like, who Tugged like be? Dan's boner. And then, he, well, unlike Dan's boner at the moment. <laughs> uh, um uh yeah, and then it's just revealed. He goes, "I'm sorry, I don't understand." She goes, "I'm your mother." I'm your Bam. mother. Commercial Bam. break? No, no, not commercial break. No. He Harry gives a look, takes it in, extends his hand, and says, "Oh, pleased to meet you." Ah, right. Not totally. bad. Yeah. And I thought that was really great because he took that moment. Like, mm-hmm. let's hypothetically say, as as we do in Night Court all the time, this yeah. was a drama, not a comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because these are heavy, you know, issues that we're talking about. This has got some drama to it. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he took that moment to have that shock and confusion and, you know, long lost son type of face. Yeah. He, he let that sit for a good three seconds, which is longer, again, than mm-hmm. most sitcoms would allow. Yeah. Took a breath and then delivered the joke. And it's kind of it a, was a perfect moment, a kind of a little punk rock fuck you to this woman. Like, oh, you're my mom. Welcome back, mom. Nice to meet you, fucker. That's kind of where. Yeah, that was my first, you know, like my initial read was like, Harry's going to be, you know, like stick it to her. You know, he hasn't seen his mom since he was five. But before then, boom, we cut to bounce, bounce. Then we're we're back. Intro judges chambers. And then he has the great gag like. All they want to do is talk about his mom, but all he wants to do is talk about the Merv Griffin show. And that damn bird. That goddamn bird. I've never seen the Merv Griffin show. Was it, um, it was huge, right? It was like the show. Was it a nighttime show? Like a, like I, a Johnny Carson? Was it not a variety show? I think it was like a primetime throwbacky variety show. That's what I thought, but I have never seen an episode either. Like Ed Sullivan, but more comedy, like less... Did it actually have a guy? This will show how ignorant I am. Well, not because it's TV. I'm I'm as ignorant as I should be. But uh, <laughs> does it actually? Did it actually have a guy named Merv Griffin on it? Because I literally only know Merv Griffin from Merv Griffin Productions and all yeah. like the garbage shows he shilled to me over the years. Yeah, just, you said he was that the host. I thought the same thing. I was like, Merv Griffin Enterprises. Yes, just the cold tag on show like game shows i think but no it was like a variety show wasn't merv griffin and this is conjecture i just feel like i heard this wasn't he like um a salacious uh uh hollywood elite uh homosexual known for like 
Like, there had to be a better way to phrase that. You, I don't know, but you were going in on Lara Cat last week, yeah. and now it's mm. Merv Griffin. Damn, well, huh? No, You're I'm cold. just saying. I I feel like I heard like <laughs> like so it was a time where uh, like I could hear the phrase like Merv Griffin sounds like it'd be like yeah. his name fits perfect with Marv Griffin was a son of a bitch. Like he's got yeah. a good. Attached to the phrase "son of a bitch" name. Yeah, I'll take I'll take that back. Like I don't I don't I for some reason I heard like the sexuality part from some story or something. But just take it back where it's like, as the American viewer, as the viewing public, we're like that Merv Griffin. What a cut up! It's kind of like going back to like Jimmy Gator, the game show. It's like what a cut up oh, yeah, on TV. Yeah. And then the stories were like, like he'll molester. twist your dick off with his fucking a dollar bill. <laughs> uh. I don't know for a fact. He like he sounds like that old. Oh, at, here we go. I I have a little Hollywood dish, dish girl, it's dish a, on Queer Tree Uh-oh. website. Is that a Merv Grip? Queer Tree. What does Queer that mean? Like, it, it's a website. QueerTree.com. Don't eat any fruit from there unless you want to become one. And the headline to this article is Merv Griffin's sexual relations with Rock Hudson, Marlon Brando, and all of Tinseltown. Damn, you were oh. right, Hansi. So I, but well, no, I, I didn't give him the Ravenous. credit where no credit where I gotta need to give credit where credit's deserved. If he's rocking Hudson's buns, Merv Griffin's like the ultimate gay man. He's 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 like the Brad Pitt of 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 buns. Oh, yeah, I guess in the 90s, multiple lawsuits were brought to him for sexual harassment um, from young male staffers, and they were settled out of court with a non-disclosure clause. I'm glad I didn't make any joke about the Corys or anything. I was like, ah, did you see the guy that? (laughs) No, he probably was. We got a regular. He's the Bill O'Reilly of the 90s. Marlon Brando, to Murphy huh? Brown it to Grenada it this episode so so when there's a podcast about the have a good night court podcast it can be like do you know that son of a bitch was talking about the Bill Riley harassment suit like people <laughs> like we're supposed to know that shit Bill O'Reilly hung himself in a prison cell in, cell in 2021 <laughs> so yeah Merv Griffin salacious Hungry for it. Hungry like a wolf. Poor Merv. All it takes is one mention of his name in a in 1984, and all the dirt is dished. Dished. Well, anyway, back to it. Also, He's... the first appearance here. Sorry, Ash. The first appearance right. of we've talked about this character the last three episodes. The first appearance of Chambers Fridge. Chambers Fridge. Yes. We actually see where that seltzer comes from. The old dad seltzer. I thought I was like, ah, drinking in the court. He's got a little fucking fridge in there, like dorm room fridge. He's living the dream. He's got Marilyn up on his desk. I want to live in his office. I think we talked about this a couple episodes about like- Get a hot plate in there? Yeah, if younger us could see us now, all of the uh, checkpoints they would um, berate us for. And I think younger me, I said younger me would be very upset that I didn't own Chuck Nunchucks. But younger me would also be very upset- that I didn't have my own mini fridge, even though I have my own large you have a fridge. Full size normal man fridge. I should still have a mini fridge next to my couch, as I've always dreamed. Full of treats and puddings and whatnot. Yes, yes. I used to. I used. I always wanted to buy. Like I used to dream of having a Tupperware full of Doritos under my bed, and I could have that now. <laughs> you could do that tonight. <laughs> yes, maybe I will. Meg's still out of town. So yeah, she. 
until she cleans him up. What lunatic put Doritos in a Tupperware? Just mix them, give it a shake, put some cool and some spice ranch in there. Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Well, in this scene, I wanted to address the fact that we are seeing a continuation of the Lana Harry relationship Mm -hmm. developing um, because she is clearly incredibly invested. Now, like any friend would be, but she seems to be even more so. Am I wrong in saying that? No, she definitely is. The, she cares. I mean, she's a concerned for his yeah, well being. Yeah. And when he's deflecting and trying to talk about the bird, she's the, the one that keeps show, yeah. trying to bring bring him back. She's nagging his ass. She's not nagging his nagging ass. Nagging his oh, ass. Yeah. Like the he just wants to have a seltzer and talk about that funny TV show he saw last night. Who cares about his mom? Talk to your mother. Talk to your mother. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's cl- and and I think that's solidified Ash Ash when Oh, um, later in the cafeteria. Yeah. Uh yeah, well, yeah, and but there's also a time when the mother comes in, I think right after the moment we're talking about where the mother enters the chambers and she says, "Hi, mom." Ooh, foreshadowing. Yeah. yeah. I was still I was still like perplexed cuz I kept thinking that this mother looked too much like the mom from the Wonder Years. So she did, yeah. Oh, that's so true. I didn't think of that, but that's yeah. Uh, was that all that happened in that she wanted him to reconcile? Well, I, he... I mean, essentially, she comes in. You know, the mom comes uh-huh. in and interrupts it. There's really not that much going on for the first half of the scene. There is a sadness joke. There is a sadness joke in the first half of the scene where even I was like, "Ooh, that took me down." He goes like, "Mother's Day might as well have been Groundhog's Day for me." And oh, I didn't celebrate yeah. that either. It's like, ooh. We do, yeah, get reinforcement that his mom left at an early age. She just left him and his father. No, his uncle. Oh, yeah, I guess because we find out the last episode that father died, but w- when Harry was a teen. Yeah, and he even mentions, like, when dad died, I just didn't think anything Kind of without saying it, the line essentially said, when dad died, I I considered myself to be an orphan. How does he not have hung himself? He has, as we've come to find out, he had the hardest That's life what I was just of gonna all say. time. I was like, this is getting so mad deep on I one character I forgot about the dad thing episodes. because I felt it reminded me of the the in the Simpsons. Like there's that episode where Homer's mom comes back. I was thinking the I was same like, thing. Oh, I wonder if they wrote this because of this episode because there's a very similar a lot of similarities and just him and his sad dad. Like I was just like, oh, Harry and his sad dad. Well, like, just I have left. I have a quick question. I actually never watched the show Welcome Back, Cotter, and I was reading a, a trivia site. Um. And it took me to an IMDb link, and it said that this episode, Welcome Back, comma, Mama, was in homage to the show, Welcome Back, comma, Cotter. And I was like, did that have any mom issues? Because wasn't that a teacher? I think there's some TV nerds digging I've deep. I've seen enough Welcome Back Cotters to feel like I could speak on that. And nothing about this episode made me think of Welcome Back, Cotter. I mean, not from what I remember in terms of the theme, but yeah, no, I didn't watch it. But I just wanted to, to break in and, and ask the that. kids. Like he just like we had the roustabouty kids. 
He had his wife, but there was no moms. I was going to say, I've seen plenty of Cotter, too, and I think part of the dynamic was almost like a Charlie Brownish dynamic where you never really got to meet the kids' families outside of the school. So maybe there's an episode where Travolta's Travolta's mom (laughs) (laughs) comes back. Travolta in drag. That's exactly what I was thinking. his own mother. Except for I was, yeah, I was going to take it again, a totally, um, I was going to take it in a totally Fielding-esque way, but we'll, You're we'll going get, Merv Griffin we'll get more Town on it? Yeah, I was going to, I was just going to say there's that episode where Travolta's gay dad comes back, but that doesn't make <laughs> any sense, no sense whatsoever. I just want to see old Travolta meet young Travolta. Um, Travolta's gay dad. I don't know. I don't know why. Has, again, my head's in the gutter. You know why my head's in the gutter? Real episode break here. I promise. Uh, I promise. Uh, last episode, I I do some research on the commercials of 1984. Yeah. And I did so, and I still have to take another hot shower to wash off the way those commercials <laughs> from 1984 made me feel. Never have I felt. So pandered toward, so uh, just the quality, the film grain, the sound quality was so poor and like just how stupid these, and and you know what, what's amazing is I know that 20 years from now, people are going to look at the advertising now and say the same thing, but they're going to look at flow and be like, you stupid motherfuckers bought insurance from flow. Exactly. So, uh, so I did. So, you know, to be expected, like the commercials are pretty, um, they're pretty overt, but there was something about the commercials of 1984. The, uh, the theme that, that kept coming up was, um, like Italy, Italian things were very, very huge or French and Italian, I guess, foreign European, uh, like so they were literally just slapping seemingly french or italian sounding names on the garbagesty of products <laughs> and selling it to us so this is the first commercial i saw i went you got to be fucking kidding me so oh, this God. is a commercial for swanson tv dinners yummy but mm. a special a special category of swanson tv dinners a called taste of europe le menu TV oh, dinners. <laughs> disgusting. It's literally just the same boxy TV dinner with a uh, lay with a little um, apostrophe over it. Lay menu. And it's like literally the things they're selling are like with special French cut green beans. And like French one of the cut. sections, I forget how they sold it, but it was like Parmesan. That's Italian. Parmesan. Mac and cheese. It's like you scumbags. You lay menu. Lay menu. menu. The next commercial that I viewed was a Bic razor commercial, which again just shows you if you just get that little inch into into get your foot in the door into fame, you can ride it forever because this commercial is starring John McEnroe. In 1984, oh, and right, he's yeah. still shilling garbage. It's for Bic, Bic Razors, but just like Morty Seinfeld, it starts just like the way Morty Seinfeld doesn't age. It starts with Jason Alexander in a tennis uniform, <laughs> shilling Bic Razors on the tennis court. He looks, it's 1984. He looks like it's 2024. Like he looks identical. 
He's one of those people that came out of the womb looking like he was 40, but looks like he's 40 when he's 82. Yeah. He's in the filmed version of Neil Simon's um, Brighton Beach Memoirs, and he plays a pool shark, but he plays a pool shark with hair, and it's just like, no, that doesn't, he's got a wig on, doesn't fit. Don't believe it. I I don't buy (laughs) it for a goddamn second. And he's like young. That was like 1984. The next one, this is my favorite commercial. Should I end with that commercial? Um, maybe I'll end with the, the uh, all right, next I'll go to a beer commercial since we were talking about beer. I only got a couple left. I had to stop. I literally had to stop. I just, I just stop. Um, yeah, there's this amazing commercial with the best jingle. I'll have to put it up on our Facebook page, jerk practice podcast, which is, you know, uh, shilling baby shilling like these commercials. Yeah. Shilling like, <laughs> like lay menu. I have lay never podcast. been so pandered yeah. to. So it just cuts to a forest, like a semi-cleared forest with all these dads in those high-cut coach polyester dad shorts. And oh, two, yes, and then yes. all of a sudden, they each, like in tandem, they pair off and they each pick up a log over their shoulders. Oh, and they Jesus, start yes. <laughs> huffing these logs over to um, this clearing in the forest. Uh, camera swipe. They've built half of a log cabin. Like half of this beautiful log cabin. In the meantime, this whole song is going. It's like, friendship, friends will do it. Friends will do it together. So this is the new log cabin. Thanks for giving me a hand. Hey, what are friends for? Here's a good friend. Tonight's kind of special. Try it this way. The beer will pour. Says something more somehow. Looks like we're about done, huh? Not yet, you're not. Tonight, tonight, not a bad day's work. Next weekend, we put in the pool. (laughs) And then it's like, what is happening? And literally, like I said, it's it's like four logs high, like one support beam, clearly not finished. One guy goes, I think we're almost done. And then, like, the hand of God comes down with a icy bushel of beers and says, Oh, not yet you're not. Not without a Lowenbrow. And these guys stop, barely finished with this log cabin, and go, Now you're done. They all crack a beer, just like dads, sit on the dirt floor of this poorly constructed log cabin without a roof and just start drinking beer. And it says, what does it say, uh? Let it be done. Let it be low and brow. That's amazing. It's like, yeah, they just gussied up the truth because that would really happen. A bunch of dads get together. The house doesn't get finished once you crack that low and brow. Mm-hmm. Everything's based in a little bit of reality. I don't know if anything has to do with it, but when you were describing these commercials, Hans, I was like, you know what? I'm going to Google something just to see. And the term Euro trash started being thrown around the early 80s around this time, too. That sounds about right. Doesn't Euro trash mean like a derogatory term we as Americans had for like fancy, fancy boys and girls in Europe? Or is Euro trash like the appropriation of fake European culture? That's it's the appropriation. It's the second one. So essentially is Euro trash. It's essentially a derogatory term that Americans created, but we created to 
not not to oppose Europeans in general, but Americans posing in in European uh, putting on airs, putting exactly. on European airs. Well, you two, if you think we've gotten to Euro trash, welcome to Euro Disney dumpster, because oh, I've got my good. favorite commercial of 1984, or the ones I could stomach. First of all, I did see one <laughs> Fruit Loops, which had maybe my favorite, tr- like just like. It seemed non sequitur, but it was just so easy and so quick. And it was just like a horse on a wagon, like sitting on a wagon with a with a, a pot full of baked beans. And the toucan Sam comes in and goes, what are you doing? And the horse just goes, I'm having beans for breakfast. And goes, don't do that. And that was it. And it was like Fruit Loops. It's like, oh, that's so easy. It's true. Don't eat beans for breakfast. Have Fruit Loops. No, don't. You don't get vitamin C from beans. All right, but here it is. Euro dumpster. Camera cuts in. Nice jet black backdrop. You see a nice icy bottle of 80 champagne, like without any curves, just like a sleek cylinder. Nice romantic music starts playing. The bottle turns, and you see the label, and it just says, you read it like a human being, it says reunite, but no, the voiceover comes in and goes, reuniti, the finest <laughs> in European champagne. Reuniti, reuniti goes good with oh everything, God, even hot dogs. Up. And it's just like the shitty. <laughs> what? I was like, that even says reunite. Dogs? Are you kidding me? That says reunite, reuniti. It's like. Uh, it's just like Lay Menu. Lay Menu even said like part of Lay Menu is the commercial is these people eating these TV dinners on a yacht with goblets of presumably Reuniti, oh, and they're drinking this wine on this yacht, and then it says, "But don't worry, Lay Menu also goes good with water." Because <laughs> <laughs> no. that's all you got, you no. plebes. Oh uh. God, drink your Reuniti with hot dogs. You know so what? Le menu is tasty with water. I cannot. Uh, you know what? Your I'm going to say trash. I'm Ooh. not going to recommend watching commercials from 84. It, we're better off in an age where they <laughs> cut the commercials out. Sadly, oh, sadly yeah, say keep those them. babies. Keep those babies in the recesses of your minds for your nightmares. No need to I'll go back. and visit. Needy. I'd like to see some folded back in. Except for the <laughs> low and brow commercial. Go watch that one. That one's fun. <laughs> Dads being dads, building a cabin. Like it's like those dads, like they had no reason to be out there. They 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 had no plans drawn up. They they had no architectural no. design, no foundation, no structure. They just need an excuse to get away from their crummy wives, their nagging wives, and go drink some beer in the woods like <laughs> pagans. <laughs> and build a, a fucking structure over dirt. It's just a dirt shack made of logs. Oh, it's so good. Like that, that would be such a funny commercial to like uh, to take that first half and then do another time swipe for the next morning with all these crusty, empty beer bottles. These guys, you know, their faces Spooning. half covered in yeah. mud because they slept in the dirt. <laughs> all right, we're back from commercial break. Back from commercial break. Uh, I have written down Dan Fielding is a lech. Is that where we're at? Yes, because he's. This is where he's uh, giving his address. Uh, we missed something. Selma comes in to Chambers. That is such a big laugh. She's been watching all the ladies 
And Harry oh, asks, how, how are they getting along? And Selma says, on looks alone. Ooh, yes. Bursts of laughter. Bursts of laughter. Audience loved it. And then something said and something said. And she was like, just tell them at 30, the party's oh, over. Party's over. That, and that, that laugh takes us into, I think, our next commercial break, to be honest with you. How could it not? That was like that. I if that was a jerk practice show, we'd have we would have canceled the next sketches. You can't get a bigger laugh than that. Oh no, yeah, she hit like, it. That's when you leave. You're like, one, I'm out. I quit but life. No, we can't get a bigger. We come laugh. back on on Felding, and this is when Felding's giving us another New York City 1984 geography lesson. Yeah, he gives his apartment, which is Third and Houston. He's drawing a map. He's drawing a map for these ladies who don't understand English. Multiple maps. Um. Anyone will know uh, two two case second case that we brought to before the court. I read you that story about how bad the drugs are. Yeah, he lives in the heart of fucking drug town, New York City. I was thinking that same thing. Like even now, well, let me think. Third in Houston. Well, now I guess now is always a different world. But you didn't in 1984. You didn't want to live on Third and Houston. No, no. That, that was a bad part of town. Why do you think you think he got? What do you think? You think he was? That's because you know why? Because I was thinking, I was hypothesizing, thizing, hypothesizing this. Um, we got some serious behind the scenes potential Iceman killer situation with Dan Fielding here. Maybe he's just keeping a dirty drug den, empty apartment. Where he brings these women that flow in like salmon upstream yeah, into the courtroom. True. These uh, women of the night, women these of the night. Of thank you. Hard times. Yes, uh, women that don't understand English. Women new to the city. He tells them about the apartment at Third and Houston, and they're never heard from again. In He's AJ Holmes, he might be. He's Mudgett. Yes. Uh, so he's drawn a map to his apartment trying to convince these women. He's like, give him to the cabbie, say Dan's house. So he's just trying to lure these women into a sex trap. Uh, all the while, we get to see a little, we get another taste of bull. Yeah. I, real quick, I, I think I'm not as offended by the, the sex trap part of fielding as much as, I mean, not that I can be, I'm not offended by anything It's fictional, but uh, I'm less turned off by the fact that Dan Fielding's like a sexual deviant than the way he talks. If I feel like this is the way Donald Trump talks to somebody he he thinks is from a different he that's from a different country. Yeah, yeah. I think they I think they really earn it with his character. Like it's it's not offensive because he's not that great of a guy. Like they they're yeah. kind of saying, "Hey, this is the sleaze ball of the group." Which like goes back to when we were talking about last week about what bothered us the most about Harry right. talking to that the lady from Studs magazine? It's completely and totally different than Fielding doing it. With Fielding, it's absolutely earned. Um, it's you know I, I've seen an interview and I completely forget what it was and what it was in reference to, but essentially a, a showrunner said, "That's not what we think. We had the idiot say it." Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and it, it's kind of that, like uh, you know, and I again, I don't really know what that reference is from i forget but that's always stuck with me this is earned and it's okay and it's not as misogynistic because the misogynist says it yeah 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 yeah, totally. yeah, yeah, yeah exactly he's our heel if you will right 
Mm-hmm. The heel, yeah. Totally. Harry's our baby face. But I got to say, um, part of it, though, and, and again, I how old was I in 84? I was not. I was born, but I was pretty young. Um, uh, I think Toddler I'll, Casey I think, was running around, though. Two. I was two, depending on where this, because we're in February. Yeah, I wasn't, yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people, um, I think Dan Fielding became such an iconic character for many people for the wrong reasons. Like they admired that misogynist aspect of it. Oh, I think totally. I mean, I think that still happens today. Mm Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I'm trying to think of a character. I was just going to say, I was like, I'm trying to think of a character right now. Also, Sterling. Right, if we're going yeah. Mad Men, I mean, my favorite guys. No spoilers. I've never seen. I've never seen Mad Men. I mean, Henning's never seen Seinfeld, so I'm not going to get as mad at you. But you really should watch it. It's a good show. And you got, you got the glasses for it. Huh? Casey and I both agree. Best last episode ever. Oh wow. We told no. We we totally disagree on that. You two have never steered me wrong on a show. It's just like anything. There's so much content. It's like we yeah. weaving through, and sometimes like it's like The Wire. I know, I know, I will watch Mad Men because I didn't watch The Wire until a decade later, and I was I that guy either. that was like, yeah. "Have you guys seen the second season of The right. Wire?" And everybody's like, "Yes, yes, I saw it." It's in that high, Jim Gaffigan it's joke. Years like, ago. It's just so heat. Hans, yeah. that was totally me. I watched The Sopranos a decade later too. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yep. So I'll get to it when I get And that's true. To that's it. all you want to talk about. You're like, and everybody's so like, watching wow. Sopranos, they're like, that hasn't been on for 10 years, but mm-hmm. I want to talk about it now. Right. Yeah, no, crazy, yeah. but I'm with you. But I, I would highly recommend Mad Men. And if you can't finish the whole series through a, see, through season five is, is a, a four and five are when they really hit their stride. Yeah. But um, yeah, the totally like he's liked, like he's not looked at, Dan Fielding is not looked at negatively for his like, piggishness it was embraced i I, i'm beginning to trust wiggy and the show creators and and the writers even though we're four episodes in you have to have some faith i know we're going to get some insight into fielding and we're going to find out that a lot of this um behavior comes from insecurity and situations like that not i'm not being an apologist here but no, and I don't I don't think you are and and I certainly don't think that he's, you know, supposed to be the quote unquote, you know, a hole of the group or anything like that and you know maybe even heel is a little too far. He's the Lothario with a heart of gold. Yeah. You know, I I think it's very clear that they all care about each other but they've all they've all got their their quirks, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and those are coming out in bull and fielding more so than anybody else this week. Oh, yeah, and this is where we're at, Bull. So we're back to Bull. So Dan is trying to get these women to take these notes to give to cabbies to come to his house and stay because they are stuck in the... They are being taken care of by the court because... They can't understand English. They have nowhere to stay. So until they can get in contact with the... um, Consulate. Consulates. They have to stay in the courtroom. So Dan is offering his apartment. So he's talking to a bunch of these foreign ladies. To me, that sounds like a nightmare, by the way. I guess that's because I'm maybe I'm asexual and I'm too old. I've had too many chili dogs. I'd rather have a night with a chili dog than with eight 
to have eight women that can't understand English running around a small apartment down in the Lower East Side sounds like a nightmare. I've got heartburn just thinking about Especially it. Especially if you're trying to sleep with one of them. Oh, God. Which means the other six are going to sit in the living room. That's ex- not it. Where? Who are you? What are you, Puritan? He's not trying to sleep with one of them. He wants a full-blown orgy. He wants Game of Thrones I'm type I'm just night. saying your odds. Play the odds, Dan Fielding. You got, like, this is a guy, the ego on this guy to think he could have a six-way? To think that he could Casey's have one of those girls. Judy Lander's monogamous here. I <laughs> Stick to mine. I won't let her go. Hans, I can't believe you brought that up. We're going to fight all week again. Oh, I, I'm, I'm going to start talking about Judy Landers. Oh, I God, was, I you guys, I was, so I was so close. <laughs> I was so close to putting in a, a bell ding with every time Judy Landers came in when I was editing last week's episode. And I was like, I swear to it you was kind of like subconscious. And I was like, I think that's coming out a lot. And then I couldn't really hear it. On my end, at the time we're recording, I hear Ashley go, you sure talk about this Judy. I went, oh, shit. I'm glad I didn't belding it because I think I think we're at like a hot thir- lucky number 13. Dr. Alien. Oh, no, we were we were talking afterwards just about uh, completely something else. And I kind of stopped mid sentence said, you really know how many times you brought her up, right? Like that was insane. <laughs> Thought she was interesting. An interesting story. No, no, you didn't. We're- we're dissecting a sitcom. <laughs> Half of those times you brought up, you were kept going, I know I've seen her naked. I or her sister. I know it. Or I'm gonna see her naked. She's he wants naked. to call he wants to call Judy and have a some reuniti. Some reun- yeah, I want a reuniti. A little Judy Landers, a little reuniti and some Curl up next to with my newest Judy Landers and my uh, a bottle of reuniti. Someday we will all reuniti. With Michael J. Thus far, Michael J. Fox, Judy Landers, and a Terry naughty Kaiser. picture drawn by Bull. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what we're getting to. So, uh, of all of the women at this uh, United Nations esque beauty pageant, there's only one of them in costume. Everybody else is in a bathing suit, the yes. typical bathing suit beauty, one piece. But the woman from Sweden. Is dressed like a lowenbrow waitress. Yes, like, yeah, beer wench, if you will. For, yeah, forgive the parlance. She has her little laden, later hose in, her little flower yeah. crown. She looks like the Saint Pauli girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she only speaks Swedish. So Bull, being Bull, he clearly has is smitten with this young lady. She's no Judy Landers, but <laughs> um, <laughs> ding. <laughs> She is. He's there trying, is that trope in the '80s that the Swedes were beefy women. Yeah, you know? like the Swedish bikini team wasn't that a thing or whatever. Like, well, and and this woman certainly wasn't beefy by any standards, but she was built differently than the other ladies. She was she had some shoulders to her. No, I, I don't think it was like beefy, but there was like in that Euro trashy ether. It was like the women from Sweden are like. Like big hair, big tits, big butts. Put them in a bikini, man. She also she had a a, a deeper register yeah. in her oh, voice yeah. when uh-huh. she was speaking. Everybody else was kind of a a little going towards the way of Buffy in the yeah. the high pitched falsetto bimbo, and and she was definitely not. She's speaking that hard Slavic language. Yeah, she, that what do you think drew bull like a. 
Well, certainly not. Ja, this is Inga. Yeah, no Inga. No. Uh, no. So Bull's tr- trying to communicate with her his name. He's going, he's Bull, Bull, and she has this inquisitive look. So yes. he draws a picture on a pad that we can't see. And she looks and goes, ah, and then motions like milking a cow. I also want to just point out, amazingly fast drawer. Yeah, real fast. Because I was like, how would you draw a bull? And I'm, I, 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 I beat my own joke. I didn't even get little, the uh, little going. Little win, loser, draw. Uh, Richard Mull. Yeah. Biggest champion. Absolutely. So, yeah. So she does the cow like, ah. And he goes, no, my name's not cow. And he goes to doodle some more, in which you assume are bullhorns. Bullhorns. It's a bull. That's what separates cow from bull. Oh no! Alas, she didn't get it. So he draws another little, little ding, little ding dong on the bottom. Oh wait, wait, is wait! wait. This is a three-tier joke. I thought he went right. I didn't realize he drew horns first. No, he didn't. You are, are supposed to assume yeah. that he's drawing horns, and instead of yeah. you're just like, oh. He's going to draw horns, and then you see her face, and you're like, nope, he drew a bull dick. Old cock. Big old bull cock. There's something so my mind went to, like, it just, I just have a rotten brain, because when that happened, my first thought was like, that's right, bull does have a big old dick. Sorry, and that's even—that's even. I mean, he's a big That's even like the lecherous way that my brain, my my horrible brain, said it. That's the way your brain says horny landers or whatever, Casey. (laughs) That's right. That is horny landers. Naked. I'm just. Hey, man. Let's let's let it all out in the cast. I'm just saying. That's where my mind went. And it no, quickly I, I went was... back to the joke. I went, okay, the bull joke. But it we hadn't it. discussed it until you said it earlier in the podcast, Casey, when we alluded to this moment. But you were like, I want to see that drawing, and I was like, fuck, that's exactly what I thought. I wanted. Uh-huh. I was just like, I, I want to see that ratio. Like, yeah. I want to see what he did. And in fact, the the drawing was actually just a cock the whole time. She yes. didn't get it, and what he added later was the pubes, and that's when she was disgusted. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. Because she's from Europe, so. Yeah, because without the pubes, it was just an udder. That's why she did the She's like, you know, milk that. Milk that. (laughs) Well, I think the only way to make that. Milk that dick. Get it? Milk (laughs) that dick. The only way to, uh, (laughs) the only way to make that bit pop. Like, you're not just going to like, oh, no, you don't get, you don't get that it's a, it's a bull because it looks like a cow. You don't just draw like an anatomically appropriate dick you draw a big old <laughs> floppy yeah. bathroom stall dick on that you know <laughs> yeah, right. you gotta hammer that point home that's a, a 420 boner in exactly <laughs> oh the 420 boner 420 boner uh so yeah bull draws the thing and he offends the the woman he is smitten with and then we cuts to cut back we cut to the cafeteria right uh yes no no we're back in harry's office Cherry Kool-Aid? Because my next note no. is also what Bull could have drawn, which was chocolate cigarette. We're not in the cafeteria yet. We go back <laughs> yes. to the office. <laughs> it's still Harry and Lana. And she's kind of momming him like, what can I do? Like, I, I think you're upset and so on and so oh, forth. Oh, you're right. We got out of sequence. Yeah. You're and right. Then, and then um, the public defender, and I, 
Lord, I'm blanking and I forget her name. Mm, comes Paula in Williams. With the, Paula Williams. Paula comes in with the mother or the alleged mother. Yes. Miss right. Brandon. And and she kind of goes to Harry before she leaves the office and she says. She has the best joke of the episode. She really does. Mm-hmm. Trying to be a friend. And, and Hans, you take it away. I'm sure you wrote it down verbatim. I did. I did. Just because I was like, that's that's like really, I, I thought it was um, for the time, for prime time, 1980 television, it's like a really dark, twisted joke, and it's also delivered yeah. with really great timing. Oh, yeah. She actors. nailed it. It was shocking. I was shocked. I know. I and laughed. It, it, oh, I laughed great. too. I, I had a genuinely, a genuine laugh. So she goes up to him. She's like, Harry, you know, the mother's going to come in. She wants to give him, you know, like just a little like nudge, like, you know, good luck. And she says... Something my my uncle always used to tell me might help. Yeah, my here. uncle Lionel. Lionel? Did you say oh, that? I don't know why I know was like his name's Lionel. I don't I don't know why that I That's an interesting it's name. Like, I, it's eighties, Lionel Richie. I was like Yeah. Uh she says, um he always said, Talk with your head, but listen with your heart. And he goes, Oh, that's really good advice. She goes, Yeah. We had no idea why he killed himself. Just, like, what just deadpan. <laughs> Total dead. Beautiful. That's what kills it. Yeah, it's great. It was beautiful. It was like it was one of those moments, like laughing at a fart in church. Like you're just shocked that it happened, and yeah. you're almost. It, you have to wait a second before you start laughing, and you yeah. know you're kind of not supposed to, but it's too funny not to. Yeah, church laugh. It's very good. No, I love the the bleakness. I thought it was great. Great joke. And then then mom comes in, mm-hmm. mom and comes we're gonna in. bring the bring the air down a notch and she's she's talking to harry and she you know he harry always the you know not a pessimist but a, a realist, yeah, a realist i would say yeah. is had a very rough life as is we basically a bit of a, a henning skeptic yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely a skeptic absolutely and, and he's still referring to her as miss brandon and she said oh you had a little red le- little red wagon and he goes you know Easy. How many boys, yeah. you know, did have a didn't have a little red wagon? I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty standard. An allusion and, back to episode two with Santa, yep. and uh, he starts talking about the bird on the Merv Griffin show again. Must mm-hmm. have been funny as hell, Jack. Must have been. <laughs> we got to look up that gag. Um, Merv Griffin. Fun fact: had sex with that bird. Oh my! That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, like those are the kind of <laughs> shenanigans that happened at the Griffin Palace. Taking toots off the back of a toilet, having sex with all the zoo animals. See, I'm glad I didn't watch Merv Griffin because I heard stories about that with Johnny Carson now. And I'm like, they're like, you know, there's sex tapes where there's chicks doing lines off his big old (laughs) back to bull of his big old bull. I'm like, I don't want to see that shit with Johnny Carson. Anyways. (laughs) <laughs> no, so so I don't really know what kind of gets him to stop, but essentially she's just, you know, very very humble, very mm-hmm. kind, and just wants oh, to say... Oh, no, it's the thumb. Uncle oh, no, Otto. No, 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 that's the end. Oh. And, right. and she just wants to say, you know, your mother loved you. Yeah, so she on and so forth to, to that him. extent. And she starts to leave. And so, you know, that kind of raises a question because she's she's not chilling him for anything. Yeah, doesn't want money. So she's want... she's just starting to walk away and he goes, Miss Brandon, how many thumbs did my uncle Otto have? And she holds up a finger. One. She doesn't hold up a thumb? No, she doesn't. It's one finger and then she gives a thumbs up. Ah. 
Nice. She holds up one finger and he was like, why don't you stay a little while so we can catch up? And she does a thumbs up. She says, yeah, let's talk. Yeah. His mole, his like weirdy chin nub is very pronounced in this episode. Um, I think they eased up on the makeup. A little bit. Oh, that pancake makeup. Yeah. He looks less wizened. And then now we're going to the cafeteria. Now Now we're in the cafeteria. Cut to calf. Birth birthmark gag. Oh yeah, so we uh, we return to the show. Uh, Mrs. Brandon's with the ladies of the court, and they're all hemming and hawing, laughing. Yep. And we come in on the end of a conversation, and it's basically she's just like, and he has the star shaped mole in the weirdest spot, or. Or it, embarrassing. It's an how embarrassing no, no. to have a a birthmark in that spot. I, there's I heard that a lot in a lot of shows. No, it was like, specifically for a man. How embarrassing for a man to have a birthmark there. Eh. And then to which mom goes, "Have you ever seen it?" Yeah, Ooh, I know. Laying it, laying it down. Where is that birthmark on the head of his penis? It's it's inside of his butthole. <laughs> No, but like, isn't that a thing you always heard? Like, was there was something? I'm glad we've evolved past the fact that people should feel embarrassed about birthmarks. That was a big yeah. thing for a long time. Remember how much shit Gor? Remember how prevalent Gorbachev humor was for oh, a decade? Yeah. yeah, totally. Just because he had a birthmark? I didn't think about that, but you're absolutely right. That's no, so really, funny. they it's yeah, bizarre. You got no control over that. It was a more, um, it was just a less forgiving, we've evolved even in these last couple of decades, I think, I hope, or at least externally on the surface, people are still judgmental as hell, but evolved a little bit past um, appearance, like judging, right? But Yeah. So he's got a weird birthmark on his dick or his butt, <laughs> as we're led to believe from this story. And then the judge comes in and goes to the 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 newsstand. I got. I know I where you're going. I don't know why we. Where, what what is this? I thought it was like a weird inside joke, like Pinky Menken. Like I yeah. thought I was missing something, but Judge Harry Stone tries to order a pack of chocolate cigarettes. Yeah, because pr- previously he talked about, uh, like how. I think he wants chocolate cigarettes to do a magic trick, or does he just? I think this has to be a part of the bird gag. He's like eating them for lunch, like he's eating candy cigarettes for dinner. Yeah, but I know what candy cigarettes are. I've never seen a chocolate cigarette. It sounds derogatory. Like it sounds like something someone like would say. Well, with he was fussing around zeal. with cigars earlier. Yes, in the office, and I, real that's cigars. What I said. Yeah, real cigars, not not chocolate. But literally, do you think that this had anything to do with the Merv Griffin gag with the bird? No. I think this is a fully separate weird gag on its own. Like, Judge Harry's so kooky, he doesn't smoke cigarettes, but he likes chocolate cigarettes. So what do, do you think there's a real thing like that? A cho- Is there such a thing? Or is it a I chocolate? Is it like? Is it like? Was he before his time in vaping? Like it's a chocolate flavored smoke. I don't think so because the the way the joke plays out, he orders the chocolate cigarettes, and the newsstand guy goes under the counter or steps away to go look for these chocolate cigarettes, as if he stocks chocolate cigarettes. Right, and then he comes back and he's like, "Can I interest you in bubblegum cigarettes? I, yeah, can I put you in with the uh, bubblegum cigars?" 
Bubblegum oh. Cigar. Uh, yeah, so I guess, um, yeah, it's just a little more insight. In, like, the judge doesn't eat lunch. He eats funny things. <laughs> Was there a nickname gag in there? Because I have my next note is Dino, and I don't remember. Uh, no, oh, that, yeah. No, wait, that's, that's coming. Oh, it's way that's later. way right. later. <laughs> I have, I'm looking right at Dino, too. Uh, so, yeah, chocolate cigarettes. Uh, yeah, he orders them. Doesn't, I don't know. Is that the end of the cafeteria stuff? Then? No, I mean, he goes back and then he, he sits down with his mom or alleged mom. Oh, right. To talk they set up a date. Leave. And they kind of set up a date for, for after. after. He was like, court, why don't yeah. you come back to court and, and watch the rest of it in the gallery or yeah. the gallows? Harry, Harry has come around to the idea of it. He's sort of reconciled the idea that this is actually his mother. Or possibly, quite possibly. And he's like, just hang out. We'll go get a drink and we can talk. I was going to bring up to you guys. Do you think that Harry has put it all together the entire time? Not spoilers, but if you're listening to this, you probably watched the episode that this actually isn't her mother, his mother. Non, non spoilers. Uh, no, because at the end he says, but what about the auto thing? Yeah. Yeah. No, he and I, he was surprised when the the other gentleman to be introduced at a later date walks in to the courtroom. No, I think the scene was him <laughs> him accepting that this is his mom, right? Okay, or or very possibly, yeah. Um, I don't know if he's he's all about saying yes definitively. This is my mother, but I think he's saying okay. This is probably more possible than not possible. Yeah. Um, so he says, you know, why don't you hang out and then we'll go for a drink or a coffee and talk after this. And, you know, very gracious. She's like, I would love that. Cut two. I didn't like the first thing that he offered was going out for a drink with his mom. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, because he quickly backpedals to coffee or a coffee because I was like, oh, that's. Cause it sounded- but I think it's I think it's very appropriate because he's trying to be like, well, yeah. I mean, he's not looking at this woman like a mother. He's looking at it like, like almost a- like a long lost buddy from college. Like, oh, hey, want to catch up and get yeah. a drink? And then he realizes the severity of it and that it's not a casual let's check in at a mm-hmm. bar. And that's yeah. why he backtracks. I think it's yeah. that him not knowing what mothers and sons do. Yeah. And we also have to realize that as we've mentioned before, his father is dead. So he was never an adult with parents. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Maybe that's why he didn't learn to eat normal food. Exactly. Yeah, that could very well be He's it. one of the lost boys. He just ate candy for dinner. He did whatever he wanted. But that's the thing. I think that that's a very specific line and it was written for a very specific yeah. reason. And it was more of a like what you say to a friend and then he stops Yeah, let's himself. grab a drink. Like, wait, no, you don't drink with your mom. Right. More weird mom stuff will come later, but uh, and then are we back in the court? Yeah, then we got to cut to um, court. Here you go, Dino. Dan. Dan Fielding rocking it. He oh, wants. Yeah, that's how it comes out. He wants the ladies. He's still talking to them, and he he wants to ease international tensions, tensions. and have some Olympic games back in his apartment. Gross. He's got it all planned out for weird. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's all laid out. Go all night. Lot, you know the district he lives in. Cocaine and... Oh, yeah. He's going all night long. Yeah. Just that sweaty 80s attorney on too much toot. Ugh. Oh, well, yeah. and I have a note right here. Before we get to Dino, 
I have a note. I have no idea what it means. I don't remember it for the life of me. And it says nothing but seaweed for three years. Oh, that was the Japanese oh, woman. We'll have to no. We'll have to take a step back to the guy, the chocolate cigarette guy. Yeah. Harry walks up to the guy, the guy who's running the newsstand, and he asks, "Like, ah, what's new? Or like, any read anything interesting?" And the guy's response is, "I just read a man ate seaweed for three years." And then Harry goes, I'll take a pack of chocolate cigarettes. And I was like, this is the most insane I think three I, lines yeah, I've ever I heard. Think, <laughs> I think I meant to Google it. And I so I, I wrote the note down later in the episode after the scene. No, I finished. forgot that he said that yeah, because that's so it's random, not. And I've totally forgot about it. So I forgot to Google it, too. But we, we kind of looked at it. I'll there look was that up no side week. effect. No, nothing. The guy just went. So a guy ate so seaweed random. for three years. And I wonder went, if Al Craven wrote that headline. I, I hope so. Insert rumba. <laughs> Insert rumba. <laughs> so then, so then, Buffy is giving us her nickname of Buffy because her name is Barbara. Mm-hmm. Sounds right. So. Yeah, yeah. Her name is Barbara. She's like, my name's Barbara, so everybody calls me Buffy. Get it, Barbara? Buffy. And Dan's just eating it all up Charmies like a ever. like a bag of chips, and he's just he's going with the flow. And she was like, "You need a nickname," and he, you know, goes along like, "Give it to me, sweetheart," yeah, something of of that. And she goes, "Dino," and Dan? he agrees. Dino. He goes, "I like it. I really do." But, but just, just for, for tonight. tonight, yes, he is gonna destroy. He's gonna slay some puss. Oh, he's killing it. But these women, they're going to, he's going to make one wrong move and it's going to be like, they're going to rip that guy to shreds. He loves it though. I bet he's into the pain. He likes it. Yeah, you're right. Like he wants a little bit of, likes to get rough. Ugh. Dan Fielding likes a spanking. Gross. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah, he does. You know he does. He saw what these women did to poor Skagnetti. And it's that crazy, and it's that crazy look, like the '80s guy in the silk boxer shorts with the, um, the what are the the leg the the sock things that hold up oh, the, the garters? Stirrups. Yeah, the little guard the sock garters. Oh, uh, he's God. that gross '80s guy, '80s guy that drops his pants, but his socks are held up by garters. Oh, and, then he, and then he says, "Dino's been a bad boy." Oh, yes, yeah. you th- waterbed. We going with oh, waterbed? Waterbed, totally. Eighty four water. Yes, Dan, and it, and it's in, in like the in shape New of York a circle. City, if uh, he's in third in house, the Lower though, East Side, like like he's got to because it would have been so awful to get that thing. But in But listen, apartment. that's what I was gonna say. If he's on third in house, in he ain't on the first floor. No, that's a walk up. There ain't no elevator. Some poor schlub. Not they, neither one of them got a tip, but they had to lug a goddamn waterbed up a four floor walk up. Yes. Oh, fuck. I forgot to tell you guys this. First of all, I was going to say, what do you think Dan Fielding's pulling down as a night court attorney? But I was talking about night court at um, at a yoga studio, oddly enough, uh, a couple days ago. And a guy said, hey, I'm sorry to interrupt. I couldn't help but hear you were talking about night court. And I go, the show? He goes, no, I don't know what. There's a show. He goes, no, actual like night court. I go, oh, oh, yeah. And he goes, my friends are attorneys. And as part of their, um, uh, they're required, as part of their practice, they are required to serve on one, like, day <gasps> no of night court, way. one night of night court a week. 
And it's he's like, like jury duty for lawyers. Oh, it basically lawyer is. Duty. It's like pro bono work is night court work. Like they have to. Oh yeah, because they're part of the district attorney's office, so they have to go there. So I guess he's defense. It's different, but he's an assistant district attorney. Oh no, yeah, you're right. He's not defense. He is the DA. So he's, he's doing that DA. shit pro bono. So maybe no wonder he's so um, nasty. He's there for free. This is him. Oh my gosh! It. I'm just I'm just picturing it right now. But you know that he's one of the best lawyers, and he was doing really well for himself. And then he made the wrong comment to the wrong oh, yeah. lady, and he now he's the wrong stuck tush. in night court. He grabbed the 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 fucking chief of police's wife's ass. Oh, uh, yeah. Ooh, made I a like lurid. that. Feeling side comment, but now he doesn't absolutely hate it because he's a big fish. Oh yeah, and the loose ladies are afoot. Carla B. Carla B. Carla, Carla B. B nice. gave him some Hep C. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Dino, back in, Dino, he got his nickname. He's trying to seduce Buffy, but she's not bright enough to understand. Well, then Harry comes back. Yeah, and Harry, Harry's ready to give a verdict because essentially Harry just wants to get out of here. Get these ladies out of here. Yep, wants to talk to his madre, and he says that that the ladies are not guilty, and and they're acting like they won because this is a funny joke in yeah. the '80s. They they're acting like they won the beauty pageant. So Buffy essentially wants to give an acceptance speech of yeah. some sort. I um, like that. And the the scream is. Oof. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot to handle. If we did it on this, the the register would go way up to the top. Kill it. It would just fly off the handle. Um, but that's. I mean, that's really it. And then, well, then they're gonna they're gonna little, take all the ladies, right? All of the people are there from their well, embassy. The, the translators from the consulates, except for Sweden, have arrived, and Dan Fielding Dino is fighting them tooth and nail because he's. He's he's being left with a half a heart on here. He was oh, all yeah. juiced up and ready to go, and now these Leave ladies are going to a safe place, as opposed to his coke den of Griffin-like yeah. debauchery. This is the United States of America, and they are free to assemble, assemble wherever ever, they yeah. wish. Assemble around those rosy butt cheeks of his, with a little the college that college mallet, the spanking stick. <laughs> College. He gets spanking. spanked with the judge's gavel. The ch- the <laughs> that's not a spanking. That's a beating. The chuck chuck a stick right across. A beating awaits. Uh, so they he leaves to try and petition the rest of the beauties and to try bull, and go back to him. Bull takes Sweden. Bull. Bull's gonna sit with Sweden while she waits. Yep. Well, right. Well, he, he informs Sweden that she's free to go. Free to go. She's yes. been acquitted. He doesn't have to use. These and he pulls out a pair of handcuffs. Oh, I oh yeah, to try and drive home the point that she's free to go, she's not being punished. He pulls out the handcuffs and she her f- face. She freaks out because Bull has dr- there's a big dick in one of the cuffs of the handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he put his own. It's right around his balls in the shaft to like <laughs> tighten it. And uh, the interesting thing about that is like he those handcuffs come out of his pocket. <laughs> I, he's yes. not like uh he's a bailiff. They, he doesn't have handcuffs, does he? And they have a holster. Like yes. handcuffs have a little holster. Those are just like I, I just think, want him to have gotten them at the like the prop shop. They were chocolate handcuffs he got from the news guy. Bubblegum handcuffs. Remember when I got uh so 
I guess this is so much of a tangent for where we're at. We're 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 getting there. We're getting there. But uh, I got robbed at gunpoint uh, when I used to oh, work Jesus, at a sex yeah. shop in Minneapolis, and like talk about talk about lecherous individuals. These like scumbag news people showed up and like pressured and hounded me. Like we got to get the story. We got to get the beat. We heard you got robbed. We heard you got. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, you want to be on camera? We're going to get, like, without even, like, asking, but, like, with asking, they're like, you don't mind if we get some shots around the store, do you? You don't mind, do you? Oh, hey, Phil, get those handcuffs. Get those handcuffs right there. And then we saw that night, like, the way they crafted the story was like, let. I keep saying let. They're like, sex fiend, rob, sex shop. And they have all these tight shots of, like, furry handcuffs and, like, whips and chains. It's like, ugh. Talk about selling Reuniti. So sizzle. That sizzling Reuniti. Uh, okay, cool. We did the bull bull scares the Swedish lady away. And then we get introduced. To the son. Leonard. 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 Arrives. He looks like uh, Albert Brooks. That's what I said. Yeah. I was like, oh, I was like, it's Nemo's dad. Um, he comes to pick up his mom. Yep. So he says, so nice it's enough. a guy and he's... He's like, my mom's here. I need to pick her up. They're like, oh, okay, where is she? And he points to Mrs. Brandon, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. Harry's mom. Harry's alleged mother. And he's like, Ma, what are you doing? I can't believe I found you. What's wrong? Are you okay? I heard you threw a brick through a window, Ma. And and it's just got New Yorker written all over it. it. All over it. We got a New Yorker and a suit. So he comes in to pick up his mom. He's a little whiny, too. We f- we're like, oh, my God, Harry has a brother. Yeah, he sure does. Uh, and as Harry gets to talking with Leonard, he finds out that, like, Leonard isn't the best to his mom. I disagree with that, by the I way. I too. call a little uh, high and mighty. I call a little courtroom fascism on, uh, Judge, on Harry Stone? Judge Harry T. Stone. Yeah. He doesn't know what's really going on. He just got a taste for one second of a mother who feels a little slighted. Meanwhile, her son's having to work his ass off maybe an extra night a week to keep his mom in a adult living facility. And he's too tired to maybe visit as much as he'd like. I would say, yes, I agree. To defend this, she's like a kindly old lady, but she did literally throw a brick through a window for no apparent reason. No, I mean, it's an apparent reason. We get to that. I will say, as a person who has had that's, to put- uh, That might be an apparent reason, but I, I, I have to say that's not a justified reason. No, but I, I will say that, you know, loneliness promote. you know, it, well, we'll get there. We'll get to make that argument. But as as Leonard apologist, podcast, Leonard apologist, Leonard apologist, I am because as someone who's actually put one of their parents in a home, sometimes you just once you quote unquote fix whatever problem, you forget about it and you don't think about it. you're thinking about yourself. And so this woman clearly still has all of her faculties. She may be a little lonely. She may be old. She may not be able to carry her groceries up a, a five floor flight, but you know, I think that uh, essentially this seems like a whiny little brat that wanted to get his mom away and didn't want to deal with it. Oh, Judge Ashley Stone. Uh, so we yeah we hear we hear Miss Brandon she lives in a she takes it to extremes she says it's jail but it's a home she's not allowed any visitors 
but That's she, what she is. Says. Yeah. But she is. But her son never comes to visit, and so so Judge Harry Stone proposes throwing him in jail. But Real maybe jail. she's not the greatest person. Maybe her, she's yeah, kind of like a racist or something because nobody else is visiting her. Like, what if she's an awful person? I'm just saying, we don't know the story. Leonard didn't get his, his day in court. Leonard's a whiny little bitch. I'm not arguing that. I'm not arguing that he's a, a whiny little bitch. I'm, I'm just, I'm with Hans that maybe his mom is awful. I'm arguing that Leonard's put into the whiny little bitch spot. He's put into a corner immediately because old Judge Adolf T. Stone... <laughs> Really comes down hard on Leonard. You're going to jail for being mean to your mom, yeah, Leonard. Yeah, but he's talking to his mother, and literally, I think the the minute Harry kind of flips on a dime is when mom says, "You know, you never make any time for me, Harry. Harry makes sure you know that he makes time for me." Referring to the let's get coffee and chat after after I get out of work. And the son snaps back. And who talks to their mother like this? Well, who the hell is Harry? Somebody who had to take off work to go to the goddamn night court because mom threw a brick through a goddamn window. From the clink. I know you both, and I've met both of your mothers, and there's no way in hell that you'd either of you would talk to your mothers like that. So don't you dare. I would be frustrated. Like, who the fuck is this Harry? Like, you've been... Okay, I'm just going to say... Oh, Leonard's been busy at work, which he said. He snapped. He doesn't visit his mom. I'm not defending him for not visiting his mom. But he's going down to night court. It's fucking three in the morning. He can't find his mom. He's worried because his mom is That's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, it's that worry frustration. Mom's been in court. He's He's been talking to people at the adult living facility. You walk into court and you're like, Mom, I found you. And all she is is like, you've thrown me in jail. Just reading him the riot act, and you're just like, what the fuck is happening to me? And all she's doing is talking about Harry. Who the fuck is Harry? No, and he goes, who the hell is Harry? And then he realizes it's the judge and changes his tone on a dime like a smooth-talking shit heel of a son would. He shouldn't have changed his tone. (laughs) Judge. Revisionist Harry T. Stalin. Gonna fucking throw this man on... The gulag. So Harry says, <laughs> exactly. I don't like contempt. your tone, and I'm going to throw you in contempt, which I will say a little to the extreme. Bullshit. That's ridiculous. But it did it did open the door for some witty repartee between him and Lana. And Lana, the yeah. beast of Belkenstock, <laughs> comes to his defense. <laughs> These two, I was, I had that feeling. Like, I was like, oh, my God, it's like I walked into nothing but trouble. Watch out in this court. So now you may be thinking Leonard's Brandon Dancy. So we, I hate Leonard, and even <laughs> I'm thinking maybe, maybe, maybe Harry's overreacting a little bit. He's a going little bit, and Leonard's going, "That's crazy!" And then he's got the Lana get bit, and Lana's going, "Don't ever tell a judge that that's crazy." But then Harry gets deep, and we're going back to Alex P. Keaton. Someone needed a hug. Someone needs to pull this man's pants down. (laughs) Me putting you in contempt and placing you in jail, you need to think on the fact and appreciate the fact that you actually have a mother. Oh, fuck you, Harry. Yeah, come on, Harry. Are you serious? Hans, you're the biggest Harry apologist I know. How am I defending Harry right now? I don't, I might, I'm a big fan of Harry, but I'm a big I frown on abuse of power. 
Yes, right. miscarriage of justice. Yes. Harry's got Harry might be I might be able to forgive his oogling of nudie mags, his tugging <laughs> on Michael J. Fox's butt cheeks, his his weird wizard his weird wizardly pact with the devil himself, that is Santa Claus. But I will not forgive this miscarriage of justice, this this falsity. I've been in court too many times. I know my rights. I need a fielding on. I need a red nose fielding on my side to stop this shit <laughs> well, we from going. Still, we still don't really know what's going on in terms of the yeah. the actual definitive relationships here. And and Harry goes, you know, ha- have you ever had pets? You had a lot of pets. And and Miss Brandon, alleged mom. Says, oh, I had a lot of fish, but essentially she overfed the fish. She killed thought, them. Oh, yeah, I thought they were sleeping. Classic bit. And then Harry turns around to Leonard and he softens because yeah. he realizes it's a bit of an overreaction. He said, I'm not I'm he not going to get disbarred for his behavior. I'm not going to put you in contempt. You know, you're not going to go to jail. You're free to go. But you need to know that this woman is so lonely that she invented another son. Oh, and that's my. when everybody stops, and we're like, yeah. "Well, that's fucking heavy." Yeah. And then he he goes over, and he sits down next to to his non mom, non mom, and just goes, "You know, how did you know about me? What did you find out?" And she said that she had read an article. She's a kook about him. Yeah. And we've been we've been introduced to to, to Terry Kaiser in the previous yeah. episode, so Kaiser's we know that article. that Night Court, you know, is is on the beat, yeah. if you will. And she said she made some calls and did a little more research. And he goes, well, what about Otto? And she said, that was a lucky guess in terms of going back to the thumbs question. She said, I almost said three. Boom. Boom. Rim shot. Fair. Is she on Fielding's level of being a, a maniacal creep? She made some calls. She did research. She's been calling Harry's. What's well, left of Harry's family? Here's where I call BS on the episode, because I wrote, in 1984, what research could you have done? Microfiche. Well, that's mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. There are much, <laughs> that's the answer to anything. I mean, a ton of effort went into this ruse. <laughs> I mean, to the point where no one, like, we can tell that Leonard hasn't visited because she probably has newspaper clippings and obituaries for family members and this, that, and birth announcements on, yeah. on like, tacked up on yeah. her wall. She's Kevin Spacey's mom from Seven. Yeah, no, she crazy. You know, conspiracy theory to do all this research. She has an entire it's wall horrifying. devoted to Harry Stone. Nothing but dead animals and other people's lives. I mean, let this is the biggest. This is the biggest crime we've seen yeah. thus far in the series. To mess with someone's emotion, to to pretend and to he be wanted someone's to throw Lionel mother just because you're lonely, or whatever the guy's name was, <laughs> Leonard. Lionel was the uncle that killed himself. <laughs> Leonard killed himself. I would too if this madhouse was. Be- he killed himself. He killed himself because the judge <laughs> sentenced him to jail, contempt of court, false w- wisdom, abuse of power. No, uh, I mean it is brought to light. Harry, they do. Harry does say like. Yep, I get you're lonely. I forgive you. Yeah, don't, don't ever, do ever that pull that shit again. And then is with the creepiest part of the episode. I won't steal. I I, I won't steal it. The creepiest part of the episode is he goes <laughs> again. You've you've established how he's being he's being nice is. to a lonely woman. No, the creepy line is then Leonard grabs his mother by the tightly around the waist <laughs> close to her. <laughs> 
<laughs> tightly around the waist. <laughs> And says, "This is my mother." She like, said they go she was off like, like "She's happy because her son room. wants to be around her." And she said, "You know, can we do it another time, Harry?" And he said, "Yeah, another time." And as they're leaving, he goes, "Mom always did like you best." Yeah. Bam. Swish. I mean, that's a funny joke, but the the, the weirdness no, that, that of now Leonard and her like be uh, a real. Peach. Well, you're aren't you Leonard apologist? That's what I'm saying. He's an asshole. He pulled his mom close to him like property. Also, a little too close to the belt. She was about to go on a date with the judge that almost put me in jail for no reason. Oh, now you're Leonard. Yeah, I'm just defending Leonard's reaction. He's like. He's still in crazy town. His head is reeling from this madness. You ever grab your mother like that? We're going to therapy. Henning's gonna th- Henning Henning Leonard's <laughs> gonna throw Leonard's gonna throw his mother off the Fifty Ninth Street Bridge. Yeah, no, his mother's not. She's not going back to that nice home. She's the crooked home from the news. Well, now your fingers are gonna hurt because you just pulled landscaping duty. Was Cropsy still open? Because that's where her ass is headed. Yeah, literally. Leonard's going to be like Ben Stiller. What's the movies at Happy Gilmore where he's the horrible yeah. nursing yeah. home attendant? That's that Leonard. Is, that is the great. Just qu- quick shout out to that character. That is one of the best Ben Stiller oh, characters. So of good. All. Yeah. So fucking good. I would say go to Florida to maybe, in my opinion, his best. My favorite. Uh, I, It's up there with his heavyweights character for me. Oh, yes. That's good. So that's the, we got one more bit, and then this one episode is- One more bit. Is Go back to bull. Back to bull. Always Crack the reuniti. We're almost there. Yeah. <laughs> so bull is sitting with his uh, Swedish beauty, and she is rattling on in some fake-sounding language. My favorite bull scene thus far, by the way. Yeah. It's it's very endearing. Um, so so she's, she's, she's clearly, we don't know what's happened- yeah. In the last five minutes that they've been together by themselves. But for, for whatever reason, she has warmed up to him because mm-hmm. we don't know what she's saying. What she's saying. But it. via gestures and looks and expression, she's definitely, she's sweet on yeah. our old bull now. And it's very rough sounding mm-hmm. language. It's Swedish, but they I feel like they're playing up the blah, 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 blah. Yeah, she's Drathraki or whatever she's, yeah. that is. <laughs> Seth Rocky Swedish. Uh, and then well, I forget the exact line. Oh, shut up! You know what to say or whatever. No, like. it's all. He goes, shut ah, up. shut up, will you? Really? That yeah. was said. I thought it was nicer than that. No, but it was. It was cute. He said it, it wasn't in a like, nice way. Shut your pie hole, wench! It was like, oh, he was not. Shut he's no up, Leon or no, no Leonard. I thought that was great. And then the camera cuts down, and he's got like his hand like around his coke canny thick. <laughs> Dick right underneath those <laughs> he's gray slacks his of his. Of his leg. <laughs> She's got and the, the <laughs> picture of her the bull he drew in her bosom. Yeah, and the handcuffs around his ankles. <laughs> it's just fucked up. Dino's spreading his butt cheeks and Leonard's blowing wind in it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Leonard's getting that hotel room for him and his mom. Ugh. We see Lionel's feet dangling in the back. See, that's what happens. Filth begets more filth. Thanks, Night Court Episode 4. How many gavel bangs? Well, we're not done. Wait, I thought we were done. I thought that was the last bit. No, because normally with every episode of Night Court, we end 
in the judge's chambers. But as we've all Uh talked about, we always end in judge's chambers with everybody there. Everybody always comes in. We got to get up. We got to get one last hearty har in. So we got to we got to cut back to judge's chambers, of course, because that's where we always end our episodes. And we've got Harry. And we actually hadn't mentioned it before. Harry has a picture that was very blurry that you could barely see. As he described it. As he could, as he described it, that his mom—a picture of him and his mother, or just his mother—I believe it was him and his mother. So he's showing it to Lana Wagner earlier to, for them to try and figure out if this Mrs. Brandon is his mom, right? So we have the picture, and now we're back in judges' chambers, and Harry's about to leave for the morning. So, so he pulls out this picture, and we're thinking, oh, Lana's going to come in. Paul is going to come in. Feeling he's going to come in. He's looking at Selma, this picture. Please come in and save us. He throws the picture away. We're like, whew, you know, that's 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 heavy. That's a that's a decision. And then he pauses. He picks it back up, picks it out of the trash, looks at it again longingly, and then he hides it in a book puts on his on bookshelf. Shelf. Looks you guys, again. go ahead. Sorry. No, but I, I think really quickly, the most important part that shocked the bejesus out of me is that it's fade to black after that. Yeah, no, no gag. one comes in. No gag. No jazz hands. It ends on you, a deep, serious Freudian note. You guys got so duped. The whole bit is a gag. Didn't you guys learn anything from the pilot episode? Please rise. Please be seated. Harry pulls this picture out, looks at it, throws it in the trash, reaches into the trash where you can't see what he picks up. And what he actually picks up is a drawing of a bull with a big old (laughs) dick. Big old schwanz. And he shoves that baby in the book. Secret laugh for those of us who get it. Fade to black. (laughs) <laughs> nice. Oh, every nice. one of those books has a dick drawing in it hidden somewhere. <laughs> it's his collection. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to find those 100 years from now and like m- modern art goes, they'll go, "Who was this brilliant man?" No, it's for when they get drunk with that mini fridge and they do pin the dick on Marilyn. Oh yeah. Ooh, yeah. Ugh, pin the dick on Marilyn. That's the <laughs> title of this episode, <laughs> Pin the Dick on Marilyn. No, uh, I agree. Uh, uh, I, I think the episode was sweet. It's interesting to take a sitcom and end it that way. That gives us a lot of insight on where they're going. That we're going to get some, you know, it's not just yeah, it's not just gags, but also as a bullshit artist myself, as a writer, short story writer, that was um, that could be perceived as some sentimental emptiness. It's so easy. It's so full of like simple symbolism where it's like picture, garbage, no, pick it up, end without a word. It's a little artsy fartsy sentimentalist. Very artsy fartsy. Very go- much goes back to the the play or, uh-huh. you know, scripted aesthetic that that we've seen in previous episodes, but I just got to point out before we gavel bang this. Uh-huh. This is episode 4. Yeah. How much more can we learn about Harry? Is it not a little heavy-handed on the Harry? Yeah, he's yeah. The, he's their point man. Got to care about Harry. I mean, before you that's care a point. Anybody. I mean, in my opinion, this would have been 
if I was in a writer's room, and of course they did it different in the eighties, but I'd be if I'm gonna hit it this yeah, hard, this fast, this is like a mini series. This is like a, a ten episode one off type of thing, yeah. and then you're done. And that's why we're going so deep so fast. For as many episodes as Night Court has, I'm like, for the where I mean, where are we going from here? Harry's our Bart Simpson. We're gonna mm-hmm. hit him hard. But luckily, we have a cadre of characters that yeah. we're going that's, to get to that's fall That's a very onto. valid point. Yeah. So I don't, I mean, I'm sure, you know, I don't think we're going to have a specific Homer Simpson unless Bull really takes the reins, but we are going to get a whole, Dan. we have a whole area. Yeah, it kind of will be Dan, except for not in the doltish way, but in the sense that these characters have like, because we're focusing on Harry so much. It's going to give all these characters so much room to blossom and develop, and it's going to hit us without even knowing it. I think might be giving it too much. Yeah. Might be giving it too much credit, but. <laughs> all right, Hans, you go. How many gavel bangs, sir? <sighs> I got to tell you, I was this was I was not pleased with this. Uh, I give it four gavel bangs. All right, Casey Van Heel. <laughs> I thought it was a solid, a solid outing. I think. What did I give? What did we give last week? Eight. Yeah, yeah. you guys gave eights. Uh, I would say it's like seven. Okay, uh, we're we're all about the same. I gave it a six, but here's why: I gave it a six for Bull and Fielding alone. I liked seeing more of their characters develop yeah. into not necessarily a caricature, but more of kind of their station in that group. Yeah, I guess I gave it se- seven because of the end. I liked the end. I thought it was just like, because I thought they were going to go to some goofy one-liner joke, a walk-off joke, and they went. They ended on kind of a bummer. They mash-ended it. Yeah, they yeah, definitely, definitely mashed. They mashed out. Uh, I think I, I went low for the same reason Henning went low last episode and you went low two episodes ago, Ash, uh, in slightly a different way. And just a sense that was like, and kind of just what we talked about with like the coming out with a little too much gusto. I was like, man, it's too early for, for a mom episode for me. Last episode, we found out dad was dead. This this episode, we find yeah, out yeah. like, it's like... You know, no, I you- agree. I think a, a five, six, seven. I think the jokes, I think what's really keeping it alive right now, because to tell you the truth, I think I'd be tired of it in terms of just the the dr- dramatic aspects of the storylines. Mm-hmm. I really, really, really like the jokes more and more every episode, though. That's what yeah. I'm starting to dig more. And that's why, yeah. you know, Hans, we're not that far off. You gave five, I gave six. But that's why I was more forgiving than you because I, I think in one aspect they're really finding their way and then in yeah. another aspect maybe they they haven't quite hit that mark yet because they, there can be a medium and we're going mm-hmm. we're going heavy-handed serious a lot. And I agree, dad one week and mom the next. Oof. I mean, and now because it wasn't his mom, how many mom episodes are we going to get? Because it ain't done. Yeah, it's true. There we have that out. Dad's dead, so no dad coming back. But real, I, mom. I, I, I'm, I, I'm gonna go over under. What do you think a dad might not actually be dead, and somebody shows up as the? Uh, I thought you were dead, Dad. Uh, I could see it. Mel Tormank, maybe. I'll, I'll say that that's not possible. But I'm doing. You know, we've mentioned games of Thrones, Game of Thrones, a couple times. I'll do an Uncle Benjamin, long lost uncle, brother mm, of Dad, yeah. showing up. Oh, yeah, Uncle, for sure. I got to say, I'm a little disappointed we didn't get a, any uh, 
heckles from the gallows this episode. No, we're very light on the gallows because the gallows very were light. full of all the foreign beauties. And interestingly enough, I did do some surveying of the gallows, and even casting wise, they didn't they didn't even dress up any quote unquote. No, bums. there was no like colorful characters. A few guys in suits, even. Yeah. Yeah. No waiting for their moms. No pimps. No nothing. Yeah. Yeah. No hooks. No hooks. No hooking going on. Not around mom. Not not <laughs> not now when mom's in the court. Except for Leonard's gonna take old mom out and get her get her going on the street. <laughs> Make her turn some tricks. Milk them dicks, mama. Milk, Milk them, them dicks. dicks. <laughs> Gotta pay for them tickets. Milk them dicks, mom. <laughs> you prostitute. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah, you think. Oh my you... God, Leonard's Carla B's pimp. Ooh. Exactly. You think? Well, yeah. Uh, there's some serious. Like that guy. Like they. F- he found that guy has way more problems than putting on the guy that's guilty of putting on a beauty pageant and not giving them their Prize their money. pittance. That guy's luring women over without like passports to get them back. Like, there's way more going on there. Oh yeah, he could go to like real jail, not even fun night court jail, like international incident levels. Yeah, it jail. is funny. That, that guy's that's gonna get I, a I different set of lips twisted off, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> butt lips. <laughs> you got a nice pair of butt lips, buddy. Why don't you come over here? <laughs> Rikers Island's horrifying. Get out of here, Leonard. <laughs> Leonard the Pimp and Butt Lips Crushed Velvet. Oh, God. It's like an odd couple. That's going to be a spinoff show. Yeah. Oh, Butt Lips. <laughs> it's, what are you guys pitching me now? See, there's episode four of Night Court. And the, the first defendant, he says something about lips, kind of like Butt Lips. And then another guy kind of looks like Albert Brooks. He pimps out his mom. His name's Leonard. These guys live in an apartment on 3rd and Houston. Get out of my office. How did you get in here? This is a doctor's office. I dropped Larroquette's name. You literally, no, you should do all of that and then say, well, what do you want to call it? The aristocrats. Oh, uh, shit. Dino with the dunk. Dino with the dunk. All right, I guess court is adjourned. The night is weird and full of, full of bull dicks. Night is long and full of weirdos. <laughs> full, and they got big old bull dicks. Have a good night, court. Good night, court. Oh, you dropped. You cut it short. You dropped the hava. Here's to good friends, tonight's kind of special, that was case four of Night Court. Thanks for listening, uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you like the episode, please subscribe to the podcast, download some episodes, give us a rate, give us a review, and uh, share it with friends on Facebook. You can also connect with us at our other podcast, Jerk Practice, on iTunes and Google Play, as well as on Facebook at Jerk Practice Pod. The Jerk Practice. You can see info for Have a Good Night Court and that other podcast on there. Also, we have a blog at jerkpractice.com. Let it be night.
Let it be Night Court. Kind of special. Night Court. Hiya. <laughs> Story here about a man who ate nothing but seaweed for three years. <laughs> Crazy, huh? Yeah. You got any chocolate cigarettes? <laughs> okay. There's perhaps only one ten-minute dinner you'd serve with a ten-year-old wine. Le Menu Frozen Dinners. Each Le Menu is perfectly planned. Like tender chicken parmigiana with fettuccine alfredo and Italian green beans. But it's worth remembering, Le Menu also goes well with just water. Le Menu Dinners from Swanson. Night Court.